Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Haunted Collection with your host, writer, paranormal investigator, and haunted collector, Kevin Kane, here to bring you some chilling, spooky tales for your Halloween season. We are now close to Halloween. It's actually going to be at the end of next week at the time I'm recording this. And I'm very excited. I have to apologize for being so late in the month getting this new episode to you. But I've had problems with the Podbeam application. I tried a little while back to do a new episode and it kept cutting off on me mid-episode. And when it cuts off, it completely erases everything I've recorded. So that was that, that was just irritating. And that happened multiple times. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a short episode this time and then post another one in just a couple of days. So we'll have two episodes for this uh, end of the week. And then uh, I'll come to you live or... or Not exactly live, but I'll come to you recording on Halloween weekend from a special place I'll be talking about later in this episode. Right now I want to invite you to stop off at my website, myhaunteddolls.com. There you'll find all the books I've published. There are fiction and non-fiction books out there. There are books with ghost stories, tall tales, Even one with war stories, if you're into that. If you like supernatural, creepy novels, I have those out there, too. Some of them based on real haunted places, and some of the haunted dolls and items in my collection. So please check those out. You can also find those at Amazon, Books A Million, Barnes & Noble, and even on Kindle, if you use Kindle. And they are available on Kindle Unlimited. If you like to listen to books, I do have a few on audiobook available at audible.com and on iTunes. Also, be sure to check out my YouTube channel if you've not yet. YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash My Haunted Dolls. Now that's C as in cat forward slash My Haunted Dolls. And now, without further ado, let's get on to this story I picked out for the first part of this episode. So I'll share this story and then another one in a few days. This story supposedly took place right here in Alabama, where I live. Now, I'm not sure exactly where it took place or if it's even true. It may just be one of Alabama's many tall tales. But some believe it actually happened And please don't let the title fool you, because it may sound innocent, but this story, believe me, is not. It's called One Little Pear. There was once a farmer who lived out on a farmland with a garden and many acres. He had a wife and three children, a son named Bill, and two daughters, one named Mary and one named Susan. 
Unfortunately, his wife passed away a few years after they moved to the land from an unknown illness. A while after that, father remarried. He didn't know it, but the woman he married was very wicked. A wicked stepmother. On this farm, they had an orchard with many pear trees. The stepmother was quite fond of her pear trees. She did not want those children touching them or eating her precious pears. Now you stay away from those trees, she told them. If I catch you picking or eating a pear, I'll drag you to the back, to the chopping block, and chop off your head. The children were so frightened of her that they believed every word she threatened. And they stared clear of the pear trees, hardly even looking at them or acknowledging them. One day, the crazed stepmother needed to go into town to pick up a few things. She warned the children to be on their best behavior and that if they picked a pair, she'd know and they would meet a very violent punishment. The children knew to fear her, for when their father was not around, her punishments were quite severe and the threat of death was not non-existent or non-possible. So the stepmother went off into town. The three children went about their chores when a few minutes later, a tired old hungry man, a man who appeared to be homeless, came stumbling down the path next to their farm. He caught sight of those luscious pear trees and his mouth watered. He just had to have something he hadn't eaten in quite some time. So he stumbled up to the fence and caught the attention of the children as they did their chores. Please, kids, could I have just one pair? I'm so hungry. I'm not going to pick a pair, said Bill, or our stepmother will punish us. Mary agreed. Oh, no, not me. I'm not touching those pears or going near them. Our mother will be quite angry. She may even kill us. But dear little Susan, so sweet and innocent, felt sorry for the old man. So, to the horror of her older brother and sister, she crept up to one of the pear trees and reached up to one of the low limbs grabbed hold of a pear and plucked it. Surely, she thought, surely stepmother would not notice one single pear missing out of all these hundreds of thousands of pears dangling on these trees. Surely she won't know. She took the pear over to the fence and handed it through to the old man. Thankfully, he took it and chowed down, eating it all the way to the core, not leaving any meat on that pulp. After enjoying his pear, he gave a wink to the children, thanked them, 
and ambled on his way. Mary and Bill were quite frightened, but the kids turned and tried to continue their chores when suddenly Stepmother appeared around the house. You see, she had not really left. She was hiding the whole time. She wanted to catch them doing something wrong because she loved punishing them. I saw you, she said, pointing a scrawny finger towards Susan. Susan jumped back in fear, but Stepmother was quick. She grabbed her by the collar of her shirt. To the chopping block with you, she screeched as she dragged Susan screaming around the house. All Bill and Mary could do was stand in horror, their jaws dropped open. Behind the house, stepmother threw Susan to the ground in front of the chopping block, dragged her head up on it, and chopped it clean off. She quickly buried Susan's body under the front porch and the head in the garden. She warned Mary and Bill not to tell their father or the same fate would await them. They were scared to death, scared enough to keep their mouths shut. Late in the afternoon, father came home very tired from his long day at work and quite hungry. He came in the house to find stepmother already preparing the supper, a nice stew bubbling on the stove. Wow, he said, I bet one of our fresh onions in the garden would go really well with that stew. Hey, Bill, he pointed toward the boy. Why don't you go out and get us an onion? Bill went on out the door into the garden, found the area where the onions were growing, knelt to the ground, and began to pull it. When he pulled, a voice cried out from beyond, Oh brother, oh brother, don't pull my hair, for mother has killed me for pulling a little pear. Bill stumbled back in horror, almost falling to the ground again, but he gathered his balance and sprinted toward the house, bursting through the door, huffing and puffing, his face ashen. Boy, what happened to you? the father asked, but Bill could not speak. He was too frightened. Where's the onions? father asked, but still no response. He turned to look at Mary, who got up and said, I'll try to get them for you. She went out into the garden. The sun was starting to go down, and the light was growing dim. She walked over to the garden, knelt down where the onions grew, and started to pull when a voice cried out, Oh, sister, oh, sister, Don't pull my hair, for mother has killed me for pulling a little pear. Mary screamed in terror and fled back to the house. 
bursting through the door and running to her bedroom where she slammed the door. She would not come out. Father could hear her sobs. The stepmother stood at the oven, wide-eyed, not really sure what was going on. There's something in that garden, Father, Bill finally stammered. Well, Father thought, well, perhaps it was some sort of wild animal or maybe even their imagination, maybe a trick of the shadows. But before stepping out the door, he grabbed his trusty hunting rifle leaning against the wall there next to it. By by now, the sun had dipped down behind the tree line in the distance, and darkness had swallowed the yard around the house. The crickets had begun singing their songs in the night. Father stepped off the porch down the steps and onto the yard where his feet crunched against the ground as he walked toward the garden. He scanned the area with his eyes but saw nothing out of the ordinary. When he reached the garden, he saw it was safe. So he knelt down where the onions were grabbed hold of one and started to pull when the voice cried out Oh father, oh father don't pull my hair for mother has killed me for pulling a little pear The father fell backwards in shock Surely that was the voice of his little Susan When he had arrived home, the stepmother had told him when he asked where Susan was, she had told him, Oh, she's just off visiting her grandmother. She's going to spend the night there. And he had believed her. But surely now this, this was the voice of his sweet, dear Susan. He stood slowly from the ground, picking up his shotgun in the same process. The shock and fear he felt started turning toward anger. Storming back to the house, he knew. He'd seen how tricky his wife could be, and he knew. Something had happened to his little Susan. He stormed up the steps across the porch and into the house. The stepmother turned and saw him glaring, his eyes blazing. He dropped the shotgun and pointed a finger at her. You, he said, you go out there and you pull my onions. She had never seen such rage in his face, nor had he ever stood up to her like that. She knew better than to question him, so she hurried to the door and left. Down the porch, stepmother went and across the yard her feet crunching on the ground. She reached the garden and knelt down. She reached a slow hand to the onion, grasped it, and started to pull. Susan's voice cried out, Old devil, old devil, don't pull my hair, for you have killed me for pulling a little pear. The stepmother fell back in horror, opened her mouth to scream, but could get nothing past her throat. She scrambled across the ground, finally managed to stand, and ran, 
ran as hard as she could back toward the house. She reached the porch steps and thundered up them. But as she started across the porch, something burst up from underneath through the board, knocking her forward. She fell hard, crashing to the porch, her head banging against the wood, hard enough to burst it wide open. Father came to the door and looked out at the body of the stepmother laying crumpled there. His two children joined him and peered out. They heard the cries no more, but they knew. They knew that stepmother had gotten her just desserts, and all for one little pair. hope you enjoyed that little ditty. I first heard that when I was in fifth grade and it gave me the willies. Perhaps you can share it to the children in your life and make sure that story is continued, especially here around the Halloween season, for that is when I first heard it as well. Speaking of Halloween, the weekend of next week is Halloween. And that weekend I'll be in Connecticut visiting visiting the Convention of the Seekers of the Paranormal in Waterbury, Connecticut. They will have on display the Annabelle doll. Yes, that's right. The actual Annabelle doll that the movies Annabelle and The Conjuring were based on. They'll also have a screen-used prop doll from the movie. The Annabelle doll from the movie will be there, as well as several other items that Ed and Lorraine Warren have collected over the years before their passing. So I look forward to being there and hope to do a special recording from there at the hotel to share a nice, scary story for Halloween weekend and tell you more about that doll. But for now, I'll go ahead and end this story, or end this episode, The app has worked so far, but I don't want to test it, so I'm going to go ahead and say goodnight now. But I will return in the next day or so with a new episode posted for the next story. Until then, please have a very happy Halloween and a happy haunting.